spend my dollar. It's not about what you want, it's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. Alabama wins! What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to a Live and Let Die edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Saturday's Iron Bowl was just like Thanksgiving dinner for so many of us. So much great food to enjoy amongst too many gelatin salads and suspect casseroles. And true to form, the Iron Bowl, are we even calling it that these days, is mostly abstract art anyways. Better to simply enjoy it, or not, for what it is, rather than trying to really understand it. But true to form, we'll take a look. And just like Thanksgiving leftovers, we'll find both treasures and trash. Offense Saturday was, uh, at least early, was mostly in need of therapy. Uh, 14 points taken off the board, uh, turning what could have been a 21-7 lead into a 10-7 lead where Auburn truly felt as if they were uh, in the game. And they were. Uh, and that was early in the second quarter. Alabama missed a field goal. That rarely happens. And a toe tap was ruled out of bounds uh, on what would have been a drive uh, maintaining or sustaining uh, first down. And, or maybe but, against impossible self-created odds, the tie broke through on a fourth and 31 to retake the lead in the final minute and uh, what ended up being certainly the, the margin of victory. Jalen Milrow, we're going to start with quarterbacks like we do. Jalen Milrow continued to dazzle even as he experienced growing pains. It was an interesting sort of game uh, for Jalen. He was 16 of 24, uh, passing 259 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers. He also had 18 carries for 107 yards. Jalen Milrow led both teams in rushing and passing. Performance. In other words, he was truly the star uh, of the day. Uh, he had a beautiful 68-yarder for uh, a touchdown to Jermaine Burton. He had nice touch passes. He's really developing that aspect of his game. And he had a couple throwaways. Early in the season, we were asking, man, just throw it away. Just throw it away. Don't take the ugly sack. Don't take the uh, the, the big bad play. Just throw it away. Live to play another down. And uh, he certainly did that a couple times Saturday. It's nice to see that sort of progress in his game. That's a, a particular uh, instance of progress that we're observing in his play. He did, inexplicably, have two passes that he threw beyond the line of scrimmage. Hey, look, I love the fact that he's keeping the play alive. I love the fact that he is willing to scramble to keep the passing uh, play alive. And he's made significant plays uh, in that area. So it's hard to get too mad at that, but it's a fine line. It's a shade of gray that uh, is, is a little harder to, to distinguish. You got to make the right decision uh, to either let it fly or just to run. And, and I think nearly on both of those occasions, he could have certainly advanced the ball, uh, potentially even got the, the first down uh, by simply running. These are growing pains. Uh, look, he's really accurate with his with his passing. Uh, he put the ball uh, multiple times just in the right places. Uh, he has evolved. He's developed. He is a quarterback in a way that earlier in the season uh, I wouldn't have said that. He's got a lot less reps than a lot of starting quarterbacks that have come through Alabama 
at this point in their in their career. And so he is continuing to, to grow and develop. And this is just sort of the next sort of roadblock that that uh, that he's run into. The two passes uh, beyond the line of scrimmage, the one was a touchdown to Nyblock that was uh, Nyblock that was called back. Uh, Alabama netted a field goal there. And so, you know, down four, if you want to call it that. And on the final drive, you know, again, uh, Milrose over the line of scrimmage uh, when he threw the ball. That one was particularly uh, costly in that Alabama lost yards and lost a down. And so when we connected, when Milrow connected to uh, Isaiah Bond on what was a fourth and 31, uh, it could have been, I don't want to say should have been, but it could have been a third and 31, in which case you do a different play call. Uh, you get you know maybe half of it back. Uh, and so it would have been a different dynamic at the end. I'm not mad at the result, right? We play, you know, a little bit we get to play results. But in terms of per- procedure and process, you know, Saban even said it. Hey, we practice it all the time, but you got to be a little bit lucky. Well, Alabama was a whole lot lucky on Saturday. Uh, and, it, and, and from a procedural standpoint, you'd rather have the third and 31 so you can chip away at it. Uh, but nonetheless... Um, and again, had had Milrow run, uh, then it would have been a third, and and you know even better than that. So, nonetheless, uh, but he continues to progress uh, to progress as a quarterback, and we're certainly pleased uh, to see that as Alabama fans. Running backs outside of Milrow were okay. Jace McClellan had 15 for 66. Uh, he had a long of 11. Roydell Williams had eight uh, for 30. Uh, he did have a touchdown. Uh, he had also had a long of 11. Uh, Roydell was pretty well bottled up, uh, the numbers uh, demonstrate. Jamirian Miller only had two carries. Seemed like he was in more than that, uh, but I think he's he's getting more playing time even when he's not getting carries, uh, which really speaks to the coach's confidence in him and his, uh, his pass blocking, which has certainly improved. Uh, but he had two for seven, and uh, he had a long of five there. Jace left the game uh, in a boot and on crutches, so that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, I'm recording this Monday morning, and so probably in Monday afternoon's presser, uh, Saban will explain uh, or at least provide a little more insight into uh, Jace's injury. Jace has been banged up uh, a little bit. He certainly sat out some practices around the bye week, and and, and I think there was a game there that he may have uh, sat out or participated much less. When that happened earlier this season, when that happened, that gave an opportunity for Jamarian Miller uh, to receive more reps in practice and really helped him sort of burst on the scene in terms of being in that three-man rotation. It was kind of a two-man rotation, and uh, Jamarian Miller uh, had a couple of really good uh, weeks in practice. We talk about a lot of players developing and progressing. We see it most sort of right off the top with Milrow. We see it across the offensive line. Uh, But we see it there with Jamarian Miller, that he has progressed uh, as this season has gone on. So it's fun to see that there's some really good coaching going on with this staff because we see a lot of players that have progressed and have gotten better as the season has gone on. And Jamarian Miller certainly is, is one of those players. Well, when he got a little more opportunity in the rotations in practice, it gave the coaches confidence 
to give him more opportunities in the game. And so I'm not mad at Jace. I'm not when I root for injury. None of that stuff. I'm just saying if Jace left the game and crutches in a boot, he may well be limited, at best case, limited in practice this next week. We'll see again what the official reports are. That's just more of an opportunity for Jamarian Miller uh, to 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 participate uh, again in practice more reps and leading into the game as well one of the things that we've talked about and we've talked about since the preseason is the need for an explosive running back and as much as we love jace as much as we love roydell they're good but they don't they lack that explosiveness and maybe pre-injury uh, they had some some more of it, uh, but Jamarian Miller I think can bring that spark. He can bring that dynamic, and so we may, as Alabama fans, we may be air quote forced into seeing more Jamarian Miller on Saturday and I, against Georgia. And I don't think that would be a bad thing. That's not me me being mad at Jace Roydell. That's just me saying. And look, go back to last season when we talked about Jamarian Miller uh, glowingly. Uh, the kid needs more more reps. I'd like to see him get uh, up to eight or ten carries uh, on the game, and so we'll see how that plays out. But again, it, that's a lot's going to hinge on uh, Jace's health, and we'll know more about that later, even later today, before most of you consume uh, this podcast. But that'll be something to uh, to keep an eye on. The wide receivers I thought had a really good day against Saturday. It was a tighter bench. Uh, only six uh, pass catchers caught passes, and um, and and I say it that way. Uh, we've been tracking sort of the trifecta: uh, wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs are, are three sort of ca- player categories uh, that uh, can receive passes. And uh, Milrow's been interesting because he's hit the trifecta almost every week. We did it again Saturday. Uh, only six uh, pass catchers catching balls, and uh, and again, all three uh, position groups were represented: receiver, tight end, and running back. Uh, Jermaine Burton, I thought, had a phenomenal day: four catches, 107 yards, a touchdown. Obviously, obviously, the 68-yarder uh, was was uh, was a fun one to watch. Uh, Isaiah Bond, or uh, IB, as uh, apparently he goes by, he had five catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. And of course, the one that will go down in uh, you know crimson flame is the uh, the touchdown, the 31 yarder, you know, that sort of sealed the game. Uh, Malik Benson, I want to give him a shout out as well. Malik Benson, had, it, for me, for my money from the stands, from the couch, it seems that he has progressed as the season has gone on too. So another player that's just made progress, uh, incremental as it is, but made progress over the course of the season. Uh, he only had one reception, uh, but it was a key 33 yard reception on what was a third and 17 uh, on Alabama's first scoring drive. So that on third and 17, which is a tough uh, a, a tough di- down and distance to overcome, uh, Malik Benson had a 33-yard reception, and uh, that allowed that drive to sustain, which ultimately contributed to a touchdown. So Malik Benson, uh, I'd give him a mini game ball for that, but I've got – uh, I've got another one sort of in the hopper for that. But uh, glad to see Malik Benson uh, work his way more and more into the lineup, uh, into the rotation, and being trusted in critical spots like that. That's sort of the key uh, thought in my mind. It'll be interesting. You know, Benson is, is, is a speed guy. And so is he a weapon that we really sort of uh, let loose uh, you know, obviously we've got the SEC championship and then whatever the bowl season looks like, whatever that is, uh, it'd be nice to see uh, sort of the reins come off Benson 
uh, a little bit because I think he has an opportunity to be a significant weapon for this Alabama team. The offensive line, uh, they were good, uh, but they did not, uh, sort of on the trajectory that we've been tracking, he did not, uh, they did not, the offensive line did not have their best game ever. And they were on about a four-game, five-game run where they were having their best game of the season every subsequent week, at least to, to my eye. They were good. Uh, it wasn't their best of the season. Hey, look, that's going to happen. Trees don't grow to the sky. Uh, that type of uh, progress, uh, you, you don't maintain that type of progress. I thought they played well. They certainly played at a higher level than, as fans, we observed them playing uh, earlier in the season, uh, allowing only one sack. I give some credit to the line. I give some credit to Milrow for that. Uh, there were five tackles for loss. like to clean some of that up, get that closer to zero. Uh, but they gave Milrow time uh, when they needed. And now Auburn, certainly the last play, uh, last offensive play for Alabama, Earlier in the game, they started rushing fewer players. Uh, they actually rushed two on the third and third and the fourth and thirty-one play, uh, and one of them even looked like he was more of a spy on Milrow than he was even even a rusher. Uh, so that contributes to the line obviously looking good when you have the numbers advantage. But uh, again, I thought the offensive line played well as a whole. There were a couple of miscues, uh, one sort of a, an un, one a forced error, uh, and one I think more of an unforced. Uh, J.C. Latham on a third and three, Alabama was driving at the Alabama 15. Uh, it was a drive that resulted in a missed field goal. J.C. Latham out of the screen, uh, watching it on TV, you're watching the play, and you see J.C. go out of the screen. Now, he's blocking down uh, downfield, and he was called for roughing, unnecessary roughness. Uh, and so that was a 15-yarder, drove Alabama, you know, pushed Alabama back, uh, netted in, in a, missed, uh, a missed field goal. You have to think those, those 15 yards – maybe would have been a made field goal, uh, and certainly uh, at third and three, uh, an opportunity for Alabama to, to continue to drive to score. And so I get playing with a passion. I get playing with aggression, getting downfield and, and making a block. Uh, there was no footage, or at least that the TV showed, uh, there was no footage of it because it happened so far out of like literally the frame of focus where, where they're tracking the ball. So that suggests that it was a highly unnecessary play. Although I get the passion, I get the downfield, I get all of that, but mm, darn, uh, we'd like to have that one back. And so there's a little bit of restraint. You want to play to the line, not across the line. Um, again, not mad at JC. I like his passion. But uh, that's sort of a frustrating miscue that we, that we need to work around. Uh, and then, of course, the bad snap. And we've talked about, man, Seth and bad snaps and snapping when the quarterback's not ready. Uh, we've got to, you know, as a team, do better at that. Uh, that was a critical loss, 18-yard loss. It looked like that was going to be the game. It looked like Alabama pissed the game down their leg uh, at that time. Uh, decent field position trying to, you know, trying to push in that, that uh, go-ahead touchdown, and we have an 18-yard loss on a, on a bad snap. It, you know, it very much felt like in the moment that that was going to cost Alabama the game. Upon replay, and for all you want to get on to the officials, uh, I know Auburn 
fans are clamoring and, and the TV crew uh, about the face mask earlier in the game. Hey, that should have been called. I agree with that. Uh, Alabama did sort of get away with one. Uh, in the scheme of things, I'd, look, I'd, again, you can hurt a player. I understand that. In the scheme of things, I didn't think that was a big deal. Uh, it would have been offsetting. It wouldn't have been that big of, of a difference, although it was an egregious miss. I certainly would admit to that. I think there were a number of egregious misses uh, from this uh, officiating staff or officiating crew, uh, Burton's toe tap. There's you know too many to mention. I think there was a personal uh, foul against uh, against the Alabama punter, and certainly in this situation with a bad snap, there was a defender running to the line clapping. And sometimes you'll hear a penalty called simulating uh, a cadence. And so in a loud, hostile environment, a lot of teams go to to clapping as the signal to snap. Uh, And they do that because the clap is a real sharp sound and it sort of pierces through uh, the sound. It's a different sound. If you're saying hut, hut, snap, snap, amongst uh, just an overwhelming crowd noise, it just sounds like another voice in the mix. But a loud sort of popping uh, clap sort of pierces through that. And uh, we say we saw Alabama go to that several years ago uh, with uh, with Tua in these types of situations, and, and certainly before then as well. But uh, that's uh, there was some conversation about it at that point in time. At any rate, so when the defender is clapping, we've seen that called for Alabama against Alabama. Other teams watching other games, we've seen that called as um, is sort of misrepresenting or sort of impersonating you know the cadence so to speak uh, which can throw off the offense and that's exactly what happened uh, an Auburn defender was was clapping as he was running uh, to the line of line of scrimmage and uh, and the footage shows that multiple Alabama offensive linemen moved not just this not just the snap but multiple linemen moved which which sort of signals that hey it wasn't Seth just like thinking that he saw or heard something that no one else saw or heard uh, but multiple offensive linemen thought that that was the that that was the snap uh, that that was the cadence for the snap as well so that wasn't um, that wasn't called unfortunately uh, and all it did was really set up for uh, a bigger better more heroic play but in the moment Dang, you'd love to have that penalty go the other way. Again, we're talking process versus outcome. We love the outcome, and the more sort of impossible it is, the more awesome it is to experience. But, man, <laughs> you'd rather it just be methodical and boring, and uh, uh, nonetheless, it wasn't. And so uh, a lot to overcome there. But uh, that, those are the two biggest miscues that I saw across the offensive line, uh, and I'm sure there were others, but those are the two biggest. And uh, it's hard to fault, um, and I'm not just – rose card crimson colored glasses those are two hard things to fault uh fault now jc couldn't get a real good clip they didn't show uh but downfield blocking showing some aggression and uh and then you know simulated snap or simulated uh cadence which generally is a penalty causing multiple offensive linemen to move it's hard to pin that specifically on seth uh even though he has sort of borne the brunt of uh, bad snaps over the course of the season, which, of course, he's going to. He is the center. All right, mini game ball, Robbie Oots. Robbie Hoots had, uh, Oots had a uh, just a key block on uh, on a fourth and one, uh, Roy Dell Williams run. Oots just clobbered his man, uh, which opened up the running lane for, uh, for a conversion there. And so it's fun to see plays like that. And, uh, and you know, if you're not paying attention, you're tracking the ball, sometimes it's easy to miss. There are plays that sort of, and this is why I like the mini game ball, 
you know, to call out plays that get lost to history. Malik Benson's 33-yard reception on the third and 17 on Alabama's first touchdown drive. Who remembers that, right? That gets lost to history. Uh, it's a, but it's a phenomenal play that contributed overall to uh, Alabama's performance. Robbie Utes on a uh, on a simple, uh, air quote, simple kickout block was material in helping Alabama uh, convert on a fourth fourth down and uh, certainly contributed to uh, scoring, you know, the touchdown at the end. And so it's, uh, you know, plays like that are certainly fun, uh, fun to see and fun to call out uh, as we see them. All right, let's uh, flip the field of defense uh, like we do. And I would say, you know, the defense, not dissimilar from the offensive line, was okay, but not maybe fully at the level that uh, that we've been expecting. Uh, it was not the defense's best performance, uh, although they did hold Auburn to four of 12 on third downs. They limited Auburn to 337 uh, total yards, uh, 93 passing yards, uh, six for 17 passing. But I would argue that that's as much Auburn as it is uh, Alabama's defense. Auburn did did uh, rack up 244 yards rushing uh, with a 5.8 yard average. So uh, that's not good for the Alabama defense. That's very good for the Auburn uh, offense. It just seemed that the run fits were off uh, all night. Alabama defense did manage two interceptions. Interestingly enough, they were both uh, Terry and Arnold, uh, and one was more of, an, more of a Hail Mary play uh, to end the half. Uh, so the last play of the half was an Alabama interception, and the last play of the game uh, was another Terry and Arnold uh, interception that really just sealed the contest. Oh, I thought he scored. Uh, but he didn't, and that would have been delicious uh, had he. Uh, the Alabama defense uh, had four sacks on the day and six tackles for loss. Let's call it some individual plays uh, or individual players uh, like we do. Jalen Key had seven tackles. Uh, Deontay Lawson had five tackles and one sack. Both were in, were back in the game. Uh, they sat out the uh, UT Chattanooga game, having been uh, injured in the, what would that have been, the Kentucky or LSU game. And neither were 100% back to uh, true form. There was some call for, hey, let's get them out of the game. They're not playing up to their, their full level. And, and again, I'll, I'll play a little bit of result, a little bit of process. Um, Alabama won the game, and so they didn't cost us uh, the game, and I also think there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of process that says let's get them into the game, let's get them even if they're not 100%, they they might be better than the replacement. We can argue that, uh, but getting them back into the game, back in the flow of the rhythm, back at the speed of the play, because we need them to be 100%. Not against Auburn, we need them to be 100% against Georgia, and so let's get them live reps under fire in a game that we should have won more convincingly than we did. Uh, but let's get them into the game, live reps, live fire, so that they're they're more ready to go uh, against Georgia. Another week of not playing, another week of limited practice. Uh, that's a little more rust than we want to carry into the Georgia game. Again, there's two sides of that coin, and when we can we can discuss or you know debate both sides. That's the position I take, but I welcome you know send me an email, send me uh, 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 comments, and uh, happy to happy to engage that because I think there's merit on both sides uh, of the discussion. But it was interesting that those are the two players that led Alabama in tackle. 
tackles, even though they are the two defenders that were not quite uh, 100%. And again, Deontay Lawson contributed uh, to a sack as well. There was a play, uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, the, the play was kind of over, but there was a defender going to block Lawson and uh and engage with Lawson and and as the play was sort of being tackled Lawson wasn't going to make the play and the player ran into Lawson and bounced off and I thought man that's <laughs> that's kind of interesting Deontay Lawson's a is a tough dude uh there at the the middle linebacker and uh and again Jalen Key has been uh really really positive for the time this this season so I was glad to see them back on the field uh I get the idea that they may not have been 100 percent but uh, I like the idea of them knocking the rust off against Auburn so they're ready uh, against Georgia. Uh, so, you know, that's sort of my thoughts on that. Uh, Caleb Downs, it's hard not to talk about Caleb Downs. Uh, we may, uh, man, I hate to even say this out loud because now I'm going to jinx it. Next year, we may have to get into a Caleb Downs report. We did this. We did the Mosley report, uh, and we did sort of the Q report for a little bit. And uh, Caleb Downs, he might earn that type of that type of position. Uh, he had five tackles uh, on the day. They were all solo tackles. He had a tackle for loss. He had a pass deflection. Caleb Downs was making plays all over the field. You talk about a tackle for loss, um, you know, behind the line of scrimmage and in the end zone. He's batting, uh, batting the ball away in sort of deeper coverage. So talking about covering, you know, making plays literally all over the field. That's your, that's what you get with a Caleb Downs. Uh, he is a, a tremendous player and certainly going to be uh, a, a good one to watch over the next couple of seasons. He's only a true freshman, and we talk about oh he's going to be a, you know he's going to be a freshman All America. He's going to be a freshman uh, All ACC. Those things, yes, those things at this point are a given. What will be interesting to, is where does he rank on SEC lists? Not freshman SEC, but SEC lists. National lists, I don't know. Is he a third-team All-America? That might be interesting. Is he a first or second-team uh, All-SEC? Not just freshman, but All-SEC? I, I think there's a, legit, a legitimate conversation there. Uh, I think he would be at least be a second-team All-SEC uh, safety. So that'll be a fun one to watch. And, of course, Terry and Arnold, uh, you got to say, you know, two interceptions. Uh, he had a phenomenal day. Looked like he got a little dinged up early. Uh, he went up. Uh, man, he's just skied for a ball to bat a ball early in the game, and just up in the air. And it wasn't there was nothing nefarious about it, but just up in the air amongst traffic, he got his legs taken out from under under him, and he came down hard. And uh, but he was back out playing and uh, looked really good. He had the two interceptions again, sort of to end the half and effectively to to end the game. And man, I thought he scored. Uh, looked like maybe he just barely sort of tapped the the uh, the sideline as he was running in the score. And uh, yes, I was rooting for that that garbage touchdown uh, at the end just to make the score look very different than how the game had played. But uh, alas, that was. Uh, taken off the board. Uh, mini game ball on on defense, and I'm going to bend the rule uh, just a little bit. I'm going to give I'm going to give two. And uh, Dallas Turner, I'm going to give a mini game ball. He's a, he's a frontline player. He's a star player, uh, but he made a tremendous play. Uh, early, it seems like early in the game when he tracked down uh, a ball carrier from behind. Uh, just, just you know, just ran him down. Uh, the ball carrier was trying to work around. It wasn't just pure just 
he'll speed outrunning the running back. I don't know that he would have done that. But as the running back was navigating the safety in the corner coming across, Dallas Turner was able to catch up with him and and uh, and and tackle him. And so I don't know that that saved a touchdown on that play or or you know necessarily even that drive. But I like the effort that Dallas demonstrated there, making a play, not giving up on a play, even though sort of uh, he's been passed. Uh, on on the run, but he contributed, uh, continued uh, to exert effort on that play. So mini game ball to Dallas there. And I'm just going to throw another mini game ball at Justin Aboyby. He continues to make plays. He was in on four tackles and he had a sack uh, on the day. And uh, as you know, listen to us last year, listen to us this year, uh, we're big, big fans of Justin Aboyby. And so every time he has an opportunity for a shout out, uh, we want to provide it because uh, like I said, we're big fans. All right, let's talk about uh, special teams. And, uh, you know, there's a lot sort of to, to run through here. Again, sort of a mixed grab bag uh, like, you, like you're going to get at a Thanksgiving Day feast, right? Some of the awesome things that, that you know to love and expect and just some weirdo concoctions. And, and that's, really what, uh, that's really what we get on, on special teams. You know, my rundown, uh, Will Reichert was two of three on field goals, uh, three of three of PATs on the Will Watch Report. Uh, Will Reichert is tied, is the all-time score, which is phenomenal. And so had he made, you know, the field goal, had he made the two field goals, you know, against LSU, he would already be there. Uh, but he's guaranteed at least two more games. He's going to get a point, right? Uh, Alabama's going to score a touchdown. He's going to get a PAT. He's going to get a field goal opportunity. Um, you know, uh, I feel relatively certain that uh, that he's going to get a point there. So we're rooting for that. We're excited about that, and we're right there on the ledge. He's tied uh, with the lead, and uh, one more point uh, is the differentiator there. He made a long of 32, so he had two field goals. One was a long of 32, and his miss uh, was 42. And, again, we, we covered this from the other angle, uh, but the miss of, of 42 – was right after a 15-yard personal foul uh, against J.C. Latham. And so all things being equal, you just knock 15 off uh, of 42, and you're looking at, what, a 27-yard field goal, imminently makeable uh, for, for Will. Uh, 42 is makeable for him, too. So not sure exactly what, what happened there, but certainly it's an easier field goal, and that's without even considering that it could have sustained the drive and Alabama may have even scored a touchdown. So that penalty, uh, I think you could not definitively, not conclusively, not with 100% certainty, but that uh, personal foul, uh, I think reasonably you could say uh, cost Alabama three points, which in the final minutes we would have loved to have those three points. But uh, nonetheless, uh, we'll miss that one and uh, some stuff to clean up there across the offensive line. Uh, Burnup, James Burnup. Uh, overall, had a good day. He was uh, five uh, punts for 211 yards, so he averaged 42.2. Uh, he had a long of 58. That average of 42.2 is nice. We like that average. That's within sort of a realm uh, of, uh, of preference or acceptability. Uh, however, the first punt was a shank, and it was an 18-yarder, which led to a short field and contributed to Alabama's, or, I'm sorry, Auburn's first score, Auburn's first uh, touchdown. So had that been on average, you know, 40, 45 yards, uh, that would have been a lo- much longer field for Auburn. Maybe the defense would have uh, would have bowed up and not allowed that score. Uh, if you take away, and, and, and you can't, I understand how math works, uh, but if you say, how did Burnup play outside of the shank? Well, 
he averaged 48.3 uh, on the four, uh, what would have been the other four kicks. So we were, he was averaging 48 with a long of 58, uh, absent the shank. And so if the 18-yarder had been 45-yarder, which is well within his capabilities, uh, again, it would have been a different outcome there. So with Reichert and with Burnup, we get some really good, and we get some, uh, that's not what we need. And they both and they both got it, right? They both, and of course, that's what happens when you play there on the Plains. Uh, Caleb Downs, I thought, was kind of meh on the punt returning. He fielded two. He lost three yards uh, on those. Uh, I don't know what's up with Alabama punt returning this year. Uh, it's just not as dynamic uh, as it was last year, uh, even though Caleb did have uh, an outstanding performance against Chattanooga. Uh, Kendrick Law, I'm not going to pile on this. He had one kickoff return for 17 yards. Uh, credited for 17 yards is about an eight-yard loss. We've you know, we've seen more garbage stats than that, uh, so you know it is what it is. Uh, Jahad Campbell, you know the fumbled uh, punt recover recovery was huge. Uh, it's a when the when the fair catch and the and the ball hits the ground, it's you it's, you possess the ball where you recover it. And so Jahad picked it up and went to run in for a touchdown. And I would have loved for it to have been a touchdown and that be sort of the end of the game. Uh, it would have robbed Milrow uh, and IB of, of their glorious play. But in the moment, I just want it done. I want the points on the board. And so I wish that could have gone for a touchdown. Uh, but the possession is great. We'll take the possession and sort of it, it, net up, it set up the Alabama win. Uh, that fumble recovery, uh, that pump fumble recovery was the play of the day before the play of the day. Uh, that's sort of how I think about it. And, um, you know, big linebacker getting downfield, making that play. That's why you go, that's why you put, that's why Saban puts his best guys on special teams. And, uh, and that's why they need to contribute, uh, you know, to, to their effort, right, to their their level of capability, uh, because it can make a uh, a game defining play. We talked about early in the season that because Alabama is so deep, and this might be the deepest roster that I recall in quite a number of years, because this team is so deep that the talent on special teams is going to be outstanding on teams. And we've seen uh, Alabama teams make plays throughout the season, and certainly this is one. Now, the Auburn the Auburn fella, you know, I mean, he fumbled it, but Campbell was right there, Johnny, on the spot to, uh, to pick it up. We've seen punt returners sort of drop the ball and then scoop it back up themselves. I think McKinstry did that uh, a week or so ago. Uh, but Jahad Campbell was downfield, ready to make the play, and it was right there to scoop that up. And uh, that was a monumental play in the course of course of events. All right, so what's up next? What's up next uh, for this Alabama squad? Well, you know, as the saying goes, sometimes you have to be careful what you wish for. All of the Alabama playoff discussions are hinged on one minor detail. That's beating Georgia in the... SEC championship game. Now, <laughs> now that check comes due. Look, it's possible. It's a it's a mighty tall order, and I'm not mad at the Alabama team. I just given a lot of credit to Georgia. I personally have been burned a couple of years, two years in a row, I guess, thinking oh, Georgia can't win the title, and they've stacked up two of them. And so I have a hard time sort of betting against them, uh, even though there's a lot of questions in play. Right? We hear the media, we hear fans. Georgia hasn't played anybody. Well, we're about to find out. You know, has Alabama progressed to a level that they can compete uh, with one of the more dynastic teams? We're about to find out. Uh, did Saturday drain or galvanize this Crimson Tide team? 
We're about to find out. All of this will be laid bare uh, Saturday in the Mercedes-Benz Bowl in, in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. I think it's going to be a physical game. There's no question about that, right? Uh, it's going to be a, a mighty physical game. And I, I sort of peg this as a 23-20 to 20 style game. Uh, starting adding adding up the, the scores. I think the defenses uh, are prevalent in the game. I think both teams score below their average uh, as a result. Uh, you know, a couple of field goals, a couple of touchdowns, that gets you to 20. And uh, it might be a field goal late that makes the makes the difference. So I'm sitting at 23-20. I'm going to say Alabama wins because, uh, you know, that's mostly what we do here. Uh, I like – there's some there's a resolve, a competitive maturity. It sat out – parts of Saturday, uh, but it rose to the occasion uh, when needed. There's a competitive maturity about this team. This team has been in the playoffs, has been in their own sort of personal version of playoffs since week two, and they've acquitted themselves quite well. The team has progressed. We can go up and down the roster about individual instances of seeing the players progress. We talk about a couple of offensive linemen in Caden Proctor. We've got a third-team guard uh, that has has been phenomenal. Uh, Milrow himself, we talk about individual receivers. We talk about a third-team running back uh, where we can visualize with our own eyes the progress uh, that these players uh, have made. The Tims uh, on uh, defense, the defensive line. So many individual instances of progress. Uh, Trey Amos is another player. Uh, tremendous progress over the course of the season. And so progress for the sake of progress is incredible, and it has led Alabama to this point. It's that progress that has got Alabama to this point. Is it enough to take the next step? That's the question, and I think the answer is yes. Uh, I think Alabama wins a close one, 23-20 to 20 style game is what, uh, uh, is what I'm projecting. Uh, I'd say check us out. Uh, I was not unable to schedule my own uh, Georgia interview leading up to the game, but uh, the uh, Doghouse podcast reached out, and they want to, do, they want to have me on uh, to do an interview. Uh, we're recording Wednesday. I think they're a podcast and a YouTube channel, so I'll get the I'll get the details out on uh, the podcast Twitter account uh, or X, whatever the hell. And so check that out. But uh, we're going to be on Doghouse Podcast later this week, and so that'll be fun and that'll be an interesting conversation there. Uh, Caleb, not Caleb Downs, uh, but Caleb in the uh, part of the support team wins the pick on uh, uh, the score pick. And so Caleb predicted 27 to 17, and the final score was 27 to 24. And so he, he nailed the Alabama score, was really close on the Auburn score, and really close on the score differential uh, because so many of us had bought into uh, Alabama's going to roll, and um, that didn't exactly happen. But uh, nonetheless, hey, if you've enjoyed what we've done this season, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate uh, all of your support in that regard. If you've appreciated what we've done this season, then head out to iTunes or your podcast tool and uh, leave us a review. Uh, check us out. Leave us a review. We love the comments. We love the reviews. Try to get them on the air uh, more recently. We've gotten back to, to trying to do that. So we'd like to have more reviews that we can get on the air. Uh, certainly, if you have any questions or just interested in engaging with us, uh, drop us an email at Alabama Football Podcast 
Uh, no, it's alabamafootballpodcast at gmail.com, and we're on the interwebs at alabamafootballpodcast.com. And meanwhile, check out Factor Meals. Hope you're enjoying the read that they're letting me do. I think I've got another one that I need to record and get out. Uh, so those are fun. Uh, it's pretty good food, and, uh, man, it's half price. And so that's pretty cool. Support the podcast while eating free food. That seems like a good deal. In the meantime, let's get ready for Saturday. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout out, a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.